1: And I got a and hit, I'm the only provider. Thank you for joining me on Box to Row Radio, also Sirius XM, channels 141, 142, and 84. I'm gonna tell you what, you look at the NBA and I say this and it seems to kind of rev up every year with the NBA, especially around this time we had, of course, the NBA draft on Thursday, but as equal a story as the NBA draft, because generally you'll have the NBA draft and it'll be coupled, you know, the next couple of weeks by free agency and then we'll have free agency, but you have the Kevin, the excuse me, the Kyrie Irving situation, which now Kevin Durant, a lot of speculation about Kevin Durant in his future with the Brooklyn Nets, also, uh, also in tow with Kyrie Irving and his situation in future with the Brooklyn Nets. It's a lot going on. The NBA, I mean, we, we've been talking about the NBA from the time of the end of the regular season. And when I say talking about the NBA, I mean talking about it constantly from about March, mid-March, All the way until now, we are towards the latter part of the month of June. And then we're going to be talking about it into July. Then it'll cool down for a little bit. and Then we'll get uh, back into as free agency plays itself out. And then we will get back uh, into talking about the NBA for the upcoming season, which begins in October. So while... The National Football League is more popular. It's because the games are so important in the National Football League. It's a week-to-week deal. Generally, during the football season, all you're talking about is football. That's why it takes a little bit of time. And I would say the same thing as it relates to college football. We'll talk about college football for the whole season, even though college basketball begins in November. And we'll talk about college basketball, but – we're not going to talk about it as much as we're talking about college football until the college football season starts to end. Same thing with the NFL and the NBA. But I just think the NBA has continued, while it's not as popular as the National Football League as a whole. I mean, I just think, because look at it. I mean, if you look at the last couple of years or so, remember, and maybe I would say go back. 5 6 or 7 years whenever we would have that game of the week or that big time basketball game that would come on right it wouldn't be generally abc for instance wouldn't pick up a sunday basketball game until january after the or or february as it were after the football season has ended especially obviously on a sunday i've talked about this a number of different times uh and, and more specifically going back to the covid season in the nba when the nba played what amounted to the championship game lakers and heat on a sunday night up against the national football league which was which was a huge mistake but now we're seeing christmas is a big deal now i mean christmas has always sort of been a well It's become more of a big deal, I would say, for the NBA. And now it's a really big deal where now the NFL is coming out with games on Christmas. We're going to have Christmas games this year. I mean, I think sometimes in years past you may have had some, you know, perhaps on a Sunday. But generally, the National Football League didn't do games on Christmas, especially if those games were doing during the week. Now we're seeing the NFL more so over the last couple of years, having games on Christmas regardless of whether it's on a Sunday or not. So the NBA is hot and heavy. I think the Kyrie KD situation up against uh, the, the, the NBA draft, uh, you're, you're talking about almost equal situation. I mean, the NBA draft was cool. You know, it was cool. I mean, you know, we, we, we've had better drafts in terms of talent in years past. I mean, I go back to the draft of Lonzo Ball which was a tremendous draft. I thought Lonzo was going to be a tremendous player. I thought the Charlotte Hornets did the right thing, and he's become really a tremendous player. But I'm just saying this draft wasn't as good as other drafts. But still, nonetheless, the interest is there. You're looking towards the future The because these guys that are getting drafted are going to be future guys, future stars in the NBA. NBA is certainly hot and heavy. So we're going to talk some NBA here on the program as The NBA season is officially over. Ended last Thursday with the Warriors game six victory over the Celtics to win another championship. The fourth in seven years for the Warriors. But you still got all of the talk and then free agency is coming up. And so we'll talk some, you know, Kyrie Irving. We'll talk some Kevin Durant here. On the program, but I left you with this on last week. I'm going to pick it back up this week. Okay. Stephen Curry having now won. And again, going back a couple of weeks ago, it was a hypothetical. I said, okay, if Steph Curry and the Warriors win the championship and Curry is named finals MVP, would he be a top 10 player? At that time, I said no, and it hadn't happened. Then last week, I posed the question to you, and I said I would talk about it this week. Now that it has happened, now that Curry and the Warriors have won the NBA championship, okay, and Curry was named Finals MVP, is Steph Curry now a top 10 player of all time? I'm going to break that down for you today here. On the program, I, I'm going to give you my top 10 players also of all time. I've got a top 10 of all time that I think are the top 10 players of all time that may be different from some other lists that you've seen, right? I mean as a as a, as a huge NBA fan, one who's also covered the NBA, one who has watched the NBA who studied the history. Of the NBA, who have seen some of these top seventy-five players play, and as a matter of fact, as I kind of look at my list, I've got ten. I've really, really got eleven. I had, I had, I had a tie, and then I've got one, two, three others that are like would be next in line. I've seen let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of the, what amounts to 14 players, I've actually seen them, uh, they, I've watched them play in, you know, during my time. And I've seen, let's see, in person, I've seen one, whether covering or whether as a fan, one, two, uh, three, four, five, six. Six of those players play, whether covering uh, whether covering a, a a an event, a game, you know NBA Finals, NBA All Star, whatever it may be, uh, six of those players I've seen or covered in or, or as a fan in person, right? So I um, think I've got some perspective, and I'm going to give you my top ten play. Who I think the top ten players of all time are, and is Stephen Curry a part of that? List, so you'll hear you will hear that today here on the program. You can participate. Hit us up on Twitter at box b o x t o r o w. So, Kyrie Irving. Uh, it seems like we've talked about, and, it, and, it, and it's probably more than seems like we've talked about Kyrie Irving. All season long, and not necessarily in the greatest light. We talked about his decision not to get vaccinated. Whatever you may have thought about New York City's rule, it was what it was. Um, we've we've just we've talked about the James Harden, right? James Harden decided to leave. That that may have been in part because of Kyrie Irving. Or forced his way out, leave I should say, forced his way out, forced a trade, which ultimately netted the Nets, if you will, Ben Simmons, who ultimately or who decided or well, did not play. I'll just put it like that. He did not play, and now we're at it again because Kyrie wants a long-term deal, or he wants to be he he wants to be dealt per Wojo right per wojo he wants to be he wants to be dealt and he's named some teams that and this is again his per wojo right that he's named some teams that if he can't reach an agreement with the nets that he would like to go to it sounds a lot like russell wilson formerly of the seahawks who said okay well i don't want to be traded but if you're going to trade me these are the teams that I would like to be traded to because he has a no trade clause. And for Kyrie, those teams are the Lakers Clippers, Knicks Heat, Mavs, and the 76ers. Now, I'm, 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 that's interesting. The 76ers are interesting to me because I, I, I'm, I thought, you know, I thought that's why James Harden left because of all of the shenanigans Of Kyrie, it is happening again now. Kate, you know we don't know will KD stay. I mean, listen, you know, I I I think KD and Ben Simmons, along with the other pieces, can be competitive enough. Okay, if I'm the Nets, I'm not giving Kyrie a long-term deal. Forget about that. You don't know if he's gonna play. You know he's injured. That's part of it. Sometimes he just goes off and does his own thing. I can't give a guy like that a long term do he's have he has a player option I think it's for like 36 million dollars to play this year I mean I think he's probably worth more than that considering what some of the other guys make but if I'm the Nets I cannot give Kyrie Irving a long-term deal we can talk more about this a little bit later on as you've got it locked to box to roll radio Serious XM channels 141, 142 and 84. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina, served in Total Wine all over North Carolina, Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia, Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carboro, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House.
0: You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the press box to press row. Box to press. Box to, box to row. row. Box to row. Box to row.
1: Get wrecking, get Let's continue here on Box. we've got the a man. friend of the program joining us, as a matter of fact. On the line, we have a former athletic director at Howard Delaware State and Arkansas Pine Bluff. He's like 25 days or so on the job at his alma mater, North Carolina Central. He is the director of athletics there. He is Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins. He joins us here on the box to row. Lewis, welcome to the program, man. Hey, Donald, thank you for having me, man. Glad to be back. So let me start here. What, what are you know, and I look at I, I look I look at North Carolina Central as a model for how you can make a move from a lower division to division one without having these problems of the APR and so forth. I, I listen to i see all these schools that have had problems over the years. And I'm like, Central hasn't had that many problems. They've they've been able to do it. Of course, it started with with Bill Hayes and then Ingrid Wicker-McCree and transitioned uh, from her now to you. But what are some of the first things you got to do there at North Carolina Central to continue on the great trajectory uh, in terms of where you guys are now, which is, I think, in a pretty good position? Yeah, yeah, you know what, the, the best thing I would say, you know, i to
2: give my predecessor a tremendous amount of credit for, Dr. Uh, Wickham-McCree, is she did a great job with the academic and compliance area. I mean, grade point average is above a 3.0, we just received the conference award for the highest APR, uh, men's basketball had the highest APR, so, you know, we're in good standing, good strength, you know, in those areas, um, I, I think now, and, you know, obviously we had a couple of sports with some winning records here and there, but... Um, I think for me now, as you talk about being a Division One school for almost, you know, 15 years, it's a point now where our, our facilities kind of have to catch up with the academic prowess and all the different renovations and constructions that have been going across campus with the new, you know, living residence halls, with the new um, student center, nursing school, school business. So now it's time for us to kind of, you know, get into the uh, – Business of improving our, you know, athletic facilities to catch up with campus. But you know, there's some things we do very, very well. Some really good coaches, good staff. Obviously, you know, very collegial atmosphere on campus. But you know, that's it's the area we're gonna really address. Um, you know, in my tenure is is gonna be trying to upgrade our facilities.
1: You know, it's interesting. And, and prior to your stop here, you were in Morgan as the senior development director at Morgan State. Did a tremendous job at at. At the alma mater, I mean, my goodness, Morgan State is just, I mean, it's just off the chain in terms of raising money. And a lot of that had to do with you. But as an AD at two other MEAC schools, meaning Delaware State and Howard, uh, and where the the MEAC sits, it seems like every so often, we get these press releases that come from the conference that say the, the MEAC is, you know, the presidents and chancellors were all united. And we, we had heard about Howard and Howard possibly leaving the CAA and all of that. W- what are your thoughts in terms of where, and it, and it may be early, but where NCCU is positioned as a member of the MEAC and, and the future of the MEAC? Well, you know, um,
2: you know my first day on a job, I was down at uh, our MEAC meetings in Orlando. And um, that was actually just perfect timing, you know, regarding your question, because, you know, that, that was some of the conversation. And I can tell you what I saw and what I heard from the uh, president, CEOs, and my counterparts where, uh, you know, we're committed to our eight. Uh, the conferences, I mean, you know, there's some possibilities of maybe adding some schools, but right now everyone's standing pat. Uh, we know we have a good product. Um, you know, there's some possibilities in certain schools adding more sports, but right now – the eight of us, we're the great eight, and we're going to stick together. Um, you know, I hope for a long, long time, and maybe we add members. But right now, you know, we're stuck together. We're, um, we're thick. We're, we're tight together. So um, that was the reassurance I got across the board. And, you know, obviously, like everyone else, I've, I've heard a lot, you know, seen different interviews and different, you know, reports here and there. But to hear it from, you know, so-called the horse's mouth, you know, made me feel good. I, I think we're going to be eight strong for a while.
1: Yeah, which is good. I mean, I think, you know, I look, I look at you know I listen, I hear all that as as a as a as a graduate of Morgan State. You know, I want the MiAC to do well. There's no doubt about it. I think South Carolina State's win over Jackson State was absolutely huge. But f- yeah. from a central perspective, I mean, and you've been in the MiAC. I mean, are there? I mean, are you are you, you know, and I, you're you're new to the job. I get it. But I mean, are you satisfied with? where the MEAC is? I mean, do you feel like there are some things that, that the MEAC can improve upon? Well, we, we need, I, I would like for us to have more members, of
2: course. I mean, you know, um, th- that stability, that continuity is wonderful.
1: Um, I think our
2: new commissioner, she's hit the ground running. I got to give uh, Ms. Fields a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, I have the utmost confidence of her. And, you know, I have many conversations with our chancellor. And he's, uh, you know, he obviously talks to his counterparts. And so we really feel good about that. I think all eight schools bring something different to the table. Um, I think they're all strong. Um, They're all competitive in a number of sports. And I think right now this is what we have, and we're going to be fine. I don't – improvement as far as to say, you know, I look at it like this too, Donald. You know, when it comes to revenue sharing, we're getting a bigger piece of the pie now with eight members compared to 13. So I do like that too. But, um, you know, I think she has us in the right direction. And I don't think it's an improvement per se but I think it would be nice if we were maybe at maybe 10 schools and maybe there'll be some associate members in certain sports against the 10, but I, I am completely comfortable uh, with our near future with our sister institutions.
1: Yeah. And one thing to be said, I mean, there's no doubt that the MEAC financially is solvent. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins is the new athletics director at North Carolina central. He joins us here on Box to Very glad to have him on the program. What are your thoughts? I have some. I have some thoughts on the NIL I'm at a transfer portal. My goodness what What are your thoughts in terms of the NIL as it sits right now?
2: I, I'm supportive of it. I, I'm pro NIL. Um, NLI. But my my name, image, and likeness. I apologize. But my problem is right now. I don't think we have enough um, guardrails, enough safe rails. Um, I think it kind of still separates the have and the have not. And I think we're going to look down the road and we're going to have some violations unless we really kind of clean this up because, you know, the wrong institution with the wrong booster can really take advantage of this like no other way. I mean, it kind of really reminds me of, this is a, almost a form of the Reggie Bush fiasco of many years ago. And, uh, you know, a really cold and calculated person could get away with some things here and, um, you know, and, and that's their business, but I think it just separates the have and have not. And I don't think it's clear and concise yet, but, more than necessary and more than mandatory for the future of athletics.
1: You know, the old way in terms of of transferring was is much different. You know, uh, especially when I was in athletic administration than it is obviously now. I and, and, and as an mm-hmm. as a former person that's been in athletic administration, I, I look at this and I'm like, wow. But I, I don't know what are, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal? A lot of times, or sometimes the transfer portal in the NIL are tied together. But your thoughts yep. on the transfer portal, are you in favor of where it is now? Just just your thoughts on the transfer portal.
2: You know what? It, it's a uh, catch-22 because it, it's, it's – how do we tell these young blue-chip student-athletes that, you know, they can't pop in the portal and transfer when we have coaches that go through a strong recruiting class and then they leave with a drop of a dime? So – you know, it, it all has to be fair across the board. And the only thing I would say is, uh, for some of our young people, I think they're quick to make a move and, you know, just to fake the grass on the green on the other side. And if we're looking at the transfer portal, I think we need to look at some of the statistics. And I think many people will see um, what our research has shown, that most students that get them a transfer portal that have a scholarship don't necessarily get another scholarship. So, you know, it can be a sense of fool's gold and I think they need to uh, be a little patient with it. And I know that's easier said than done, but the portal, um, it, it's tough for coaches. Um, it's supposed to be a benefit for student athletes, but I don't think that it's, it's that. It, it's just easier said than done. And um, just because you get the portal doesn't mean you're going to find a home. It doesn't mean you're going to find a scholarship. So then you're, you're almost going backwards in many regards.
1: Man, I've known you for many years, right? I didn't know you were a four-year captain at your alma mater <laughs> in tennis. I mean, you, so you, you must – I mean, you were a pretty good tennis player, right?
2: Nah, no, not bad at all. Not bad at all. I had some really good teammates, had a good coach, and our conference was super competitive, man. We had some really good – you know, that was the back of the days when the CIAA, you know, we had 14 schools. Hampton was a top-five school, um, you know – and the rest of us were really just fighting for that second place, but it was it was it was
1: fearless and it was tough competition. You know every conference match we had. You know what it's like for these student athletes at North Carolina Central having been one yourself and a star one uh, at that. But what does it mean to you to be back at your alma mater at North Carolina Central in Durham and being the head of? An athletics department that, again, I mean, I look across. I mean, it, to me, it's a, it's in a lot of ways, especially from an academic standpoint, a model uh, for uh, div- Division One, smaller Division One schools, uh, specifically HBCUs. But what does that mean to you to be back at NCCU?
2: Man, you know what? I have to pinch myself sometimes. Sometimes I wake up and I see myself. I'm, I'm smiling like a Cheshire cat, man. I'm, I'm so. Uh, you know, happy and proud to be able to come back here, man. But it's it's all because of the grace of God, my parents and my time as an undergrad and graduate student here have have built me for this opportunity. And then obviously having a chance to go to some other schools and to compete against my school, you know, it was always tough. But I I never imagined that I would be sitting in this chair, Uh, never in a a million years. And it's a a surreal experience, and I I can't wait to really start competing in the fall and, and getting into it, you know, Homecomings and all those kind of things, competing for championships. But but right now it's, it's, it's business as usual, um, trying to get us to the point where we can be successful. But man, um, it's, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful feeling. And you know, I try to uh, I try to be one of those people that's that's never too high, never too low. Don't let it get to my head. But it is definitely very very rewarding. And uh, you know, my son who's on campus, you know, he's in Durham. He's quite frequently, and he goes to some of the buildings and our building, and he sees my picture. And he just laughs. It's kind of funny, uh, you know, to be able to have that experience. Like, why is your picture up here, man? Just to, you know, those type of things, man, are, are really, really cool experiences. And, um, you know, this is something, you know, obvious I'll, I'll never forget. And as long as I'm here, my job is to make this place better than it was when I got here. And that's going to be tough because um, my predecessor did a great job.
1: That is awesome. Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins, the new athletics director, at North Carolina Central University, he joins us here on Box to Rose been on the job about twenty-five days or so. Lewis, appreciate the time, man. I'm I, I owe you lunch, and uh, you know we're <laughs> here in Raleigh. I'm gonna come on over to Durham, and we'll go to Dillard's or or, or Saltbox or something like that, man. And uh, you know, get us get us some good vittles. You tell me when and where, man. And thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it.
2: And you're like my brother, a good Morgan alum. So I. I, I promise go easy on you guys when we compete against
1: them all right (laughs) good stuff with lewis perkins athletics director at north carolina central we'll be back You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college in Davidson. Uh,
0: It's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride.
1: That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. That's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to... Of Wrestlemania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title
2: match at Wrestlemania. I always say representation is it's not a request, it's a requirement. And I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the greatest of them all. And And be able to create history.
1: It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them.
2: They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as long as they can, no matter who you're
1: playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame?
2: I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance enhancing
1: drugs. I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan.
2: Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what,
0: 14 years you get
1: to it. <laughs> Man,
0: you know what it is? and and, and, uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better and and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you
1: i'm talking about none other than common
0: well i ended up in Sam just because i wanted to major in business and Sam, you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do
1: nba all-star chris paul
2: that was great to bring it back to one salem state university uh black college something that my city had never seen before may never see again and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out.
1: He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work.
2: Winston-Salem where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, It would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could do the showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It
1: was the greatest years of my life.
0: Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready.
1: Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown.
2: Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. He called All the top black athletes together along with Carl Stoke the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up.
1: Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, no, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean I'm so honored. Steelview Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown in Division One. Kyrie Irving. Planet Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now?
0: Playing 11 games you know a lot of
2: people think that's not a no big package for you to become a better player but for me it was playing for coach k he gave me the keys to the car and i was driving it in first eight games and you know being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget
1: ice cube has been our guest hey man thanks for letting me talk a little music movies and sports hey my favorite three topics
2: hey everybody what's going on this is anthony anderson international movie star and funny mother (laughs) and you're listening from the Press Box to Press Row.
0: From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxterow.com.
1: That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant radio. couple of weeks ago here on the program, I was talking about the legacy of Steph Curry and what if Steph Curry did win another NBA Finals and an NBA Finals MVP. And it's interesting how much difference two weeks makes because all of that was what if and I didn't know if the Warriors could win that championship and win another championship so a lot of what I was saying was predicated on the fact that the Warriors hadn't done it but what if right so now we're here this is the thing we're here now and the what if has become a reality the Warriors won the championship Steph Curry was named NBA Finals MVP so I think a lot of the knock on him was erased. In terms of you you look at the Kevin Durant years. You look at the year in 2015 when the Warriors won the championship and there and LeBron didn't have he wasn't he didn't have Kyrie, he didn't have Kevin Love. That was sort of a knock plus. Stephen Curry did not win the NBA Finals MVP. It was Iguodala who won that MVP. And so we've gotten to this point and a couple of weeks ago I said that Steph Curry if Golden State won the championship if Curry was named the NBA Finals MVP still was not would not be one of the top 10 players of all time. 2 weeks later, have I changed my the question now is have I changed my mind or have I changed my opinion? If you go back to 2 weeks ago, the reason Or one of the reasons that I said that Steph Curry was one of the reasons that I thought that Curry was not a top 10 player of all time was because a lot of times we're prisoners of the moment. We talk about the here and now and we forget about what has happened. I thought that we needed some time. There needed to be some time before we could actually say, even if that came To fruition, which it did. And Curry still has some game left. The Warriors still have some game left. As I mentioned last week, I mean, you look at the pieces, everybody's, you know, you look at everybody that's coming back, plus you add a James Weissman to that mix. I mean, I think that the Warriors are poised to repeat as champions. So at the end of the day, we can talk about the championship that the Warriors got making four for Steph Curry and the NBA Finals MVP that he got, but his story is still being written. That's the thing, and that's what I I tried to convey a couple of weeks ago that, hey, we we don't know. Like, let's talk about this 10, 15, 20 years from now. Would Steph Curry be a top-10 player? Now, I will say this, and— And I'm going to tell you if I still think that that is the case, I'm going to give you my list of of my top 10 players of all time. And I'm going to tell you why I think those players are top 10 players of all time. And you will find out whether Steph Curry is included in that list. I would say this. If he goes on to win a fifth championship, let's say it happens. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen next year, but it happens in the next couple of years. He, gets an NBA Finals MVP. I could change my tune a little bit, even though the time would not have elapsed. Like I said, it'd have to be 10, 15, 20 years from now. Perhaps my thoughts change if he gets another one in the next couple of years. And I think, you know, and I I don't want to give it away. I'm going to tell you if I think he is or not, but, with that, I, I think extremely impressive. I mean, it wasn't like when in 2015 you could have argued that he could have been the NBA Finals MVP. I think what uh, Andre Iguadala did in his defense that he played specifically against LeBron James, the points that he was able to manufacture on top of that, I, I think you had to, and I even remember thinking at the time that Iguadala should be the MVP, and he was voted MVP. This was clear-cut, okay? The championship this time around for the Warriors was clear-cut that Steph Curry was the best player on the floor, and it wasn't even close. We can talk about Andrew Wiggins and what he did. You can even, I mean, Draymond, except with the exception of that one game, was pretty soft. There was no doubt. Steph Curry left no doubt that he was the best player on the floor throughout the course of the 2022 NBA Finals. That said, let me give you my list. I'm going to go from one to 10. Greatest player of all time in my mind is Michael Jordan. Six championships, six and 0 in championship games or championship finals or series. Uh, Two different, uh, almost two different eras, although he did it with his coach, Phil Jackson, who was there for all six, and with Scottie Pippen also. I mean, you can look at the first time around, it was Horace Grant the second time around, Dennis Rodman, you know, had Paxson one time, Steve Kerr another time. But I mean, the constant with Jordan was Pippen and Jackson. What he was able to do for the game, Also, like Magic and Bird saved the NBA. The NBA was in disarray before and and was on the brink of not being a league anymore before Magic and Bird entered the league. Showtime definitely changed things. I think the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics changed things. And then Magic and Bird, along with Dr. J, along with Dr. J, who was part of the older guard, Right. And then Jordan helped to save the NBA. And then Jordan took it to another level. MJ, number one, number two, LeBron James four championships. I mean, you know, the argument is greatest player. And I think when you talk about greatest to me, it's not just about the skill level. I think if you talk skill level, Who's the greatest player to ever play from a skills perspective? I would say it's LeBron James from a purely skills perspective. Great defender, phenomenal scorer, excellent with the ball. Greatest, meaning skill player to me would be LeBron. We're talking about greatest player, like the championships, the elevation of the game. You know, certainly LeBron has helped to elevate the game in more than just on the court, but off the court as well. Uh, But LeBron, no doubt. To me, number two player, greatest player of all time. Number three, for me, I've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Currently, the leading scorer in the history of the NBA. Six MVPs. Six. He's got six, also, championships, Again, greatest scorer to ever play. What a career. Uh, To me, it is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at number three. Number four, I've got Magic. Five championships. Changed the whole dynamic of the point guard position. Changed the game in a lot of respects. When you talk about Showtime, one of the greatest eras ever in basketball, along with Larry Bird and with Dr. J helped to save the NBA five championships MVPs uh you to me in finals MVPs I, I go with magic at number four at number five I've got wilt Wilt Chamberlain a lot of the knock on wilt only two championships but he's got two right there's players that don't have any he's got two I mean you talk about scoring the basketball rules changes the game they, they, they had to had to change the rules. In a, in a lot of respects, w- even with the free throw, like you couldn't just, you know, you you had to, uh, you couldn't leave the free throw line uh, before the ball hit the rim if you were the free throw shooter because of wilt. That's a wilt rule, you know. I mean, dunking it, it was outlawed. It went, wilt Chamberlain changed the game, he had two championships. Also, I got to go Wilt at number five. At number six, I've got Bill Russell, eleven championships. Talk about those great. I mean, maybe the, maybe the great, maybe the greatest run in terms of championships in the history of sports. The Boston Celtics, eleven championships in the era of Bill Russell. Right. That's a great, great run. Great defender. Maybe not the best offensive player, but you just talk about the game and great test players. Greatest doesn't mean best skill level. Means. Different, it, it, it means all it means player and what you, I think, to me, what you did for the game, okay. And to me, Bill Russell, I had him at number six, number seven. I've got Kobe, five championships. And think about this we forget about this with Kobe. Like, you talk about all these other players, MJ had Scotty, right? LeBron. Um, you know, in those two championships had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Magic had Kareem. He had Worthy, you know, uh, B- Bill Russell. I mean, Bill Russell. I mean, you know, Sam Jones and others. Right. Larry Bird, Mikhail, Parrish. Now, Kobe's three championships with Shaq. Fine. Kobe had his best player was Pau Gasol. Okay. Not Pau Gasol. No slouch. Definitely a Hall of Famer. But not to the caliber of a what Jordan, what Pippen was to Jordan. Not on that level. Great defender, was like Mike in almost every way. Phenomenal jump shot, great player. Maybe should be higher, but I've got him at number seven. Number eight, I've got Larry Bird. Three championships. Larry Bird was an ex, was an was a, an excellent defender. Court awareness, great jump shot. He was a great player at the time. I think we forget at the time of how great Larry Bird really was and along with magic and with Dr. J helped to save the league at number nine, uh, number nine. I've got Tim Duncan, five championships, two MVPs, a couple of uh, uh, multiple, I should say uh, finals, MVPs, just a phenomenal player. Maybe the best power probably the best power forward to ever play the game. At number 10, I've got a tie. Like, I, I couldn't go. I, I've got Oscar Robertson and Jerry West. I probably would have gone with Jerry West over Robertson, maybe. Except that Robertson not only was a triple-double machine, a great player. He's got. They each have one championship. But also, Oscar Robertson has a league MVP where Jerry West doesn't. And, by the way, Jerry, but also with Jerry West, the only player ever to win an NBA Finals MVP without without winning an NBA Finals. By the way, Jerry West is the logo. So I, I, I couldn't, I mean, it, it was hard to go between taking one over the other, and I took both. On the outside, looking in, you know, I've got Shaq, I've got Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, I've got Kevin Durant. Um, I, I still, I, you know, and I said a couple of weeks ago that I would have Kevin Durant over. I would have Kevin Durant over Steph Curry. Okay, we've got that settled. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk about why Steph Curry is not in my top 10 currently. And you'll find out if I still have Durant over. Against the wild. Hey everybody, what's going
2: on? This is Anthony Anderson, international
1: movie star and funny mother. <laughs> Hello, this is Janelle Monet. This
0: is Omari Hardwick. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. The girl rocking the screen of the mic, y'all. This
2: is You know what it is, this is the one and only D-O-Double-G. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best. On box to row with the radio boss. Tune in if you want to catch the best BEST interview ever.
0: The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip, the neighborhood original.
1: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carboro, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwellies, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House.
0: Box to row.com, box to row.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs.
1: From the game of the week feature to
0: interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to row.com has you covered. Ooh. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches' polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And box to row.com your HBCU sports leader now back to from the press box to press row with Donald Ware
1: back here on the program so on the other side I gave my top 10 players of all time I've got Michael Jordan I've got LeBron I've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Magic Wilt at number six I've got Bill Russell seventh Kobe eight Larry Bird Nine, 10, Tim Duncan, and at number ten, I've got both or tied for ten, both Oscar Robertson and Jerry West. I do not have Steph Curry in my top ten, and I'm going to tell you why. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to again, I'm going to stick to this. We're it, it's still Steph Curry's story is still being written right now. I get it. There's only one player in this top ten that could rewrite or continue to write their story, and that would be LeBron. And to me, LeBron, now, could LeBron ascend to number one? I mean, I don't think he can at this point in his career. And there's going to be a lot of people, I think it depends upon the era that you came up in, whether you say it's LeBron James or whether you say it's MJ. I mean, I would have, to me, it's got to be MJ for the reasons that I mentioned before. Uh, but LeBron's right there. If let's say he got another championship, it would give him five. I mean, I, and he would have done it with three different teams. I think that counts for something. Uh, but I, I still like, for my money, I still like MJ. But I think you could, you could, you could almost go either way. I could understand an argument either way. My argument's going to be for MJ, and I think that it depends upon the era in which you came up in whether you go with MJ and lebron so i mean everybody else on this list that i mentioned uh have retired or long retired so nobody else can really write their not really nobody else can write their legacy that's on this list i think it's too soon uh as i've continued to state i think that i mean if i were to and i've heard people say okay well you know it, 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 who because anytime you have a list like this and in one person's not in it, it's like okay, who are you going to take out of the list to put that person on the list? I've heard people say Wilt Chamberlain, which I'm like, I mean, I, and I never saw Wilt play again. I'm I have to look at the history and some of the film I've seen and some of the studying that I've done and all of those things. I mean, I just don't see how you could replace Wilt. I mean, if anybody. Hmm, You know, I mean, it'd have to be, to me, Oscar Robertson. It'd have to be, you know, Jerry West in my list, or it'd have to be um, uh, perhaps Tim Duncan. Like, Larry Bird, Kobe, those, I mean, those names are cemented. I mean, I don't even think, when I think about those names, and of course at the top with MJ, Magic, LeBron, all of what they did, you know, Kareem, Bill Russell, for the game. Like, you could come along with, Somebody better, maybe as good as LeBron. Okay, I, I in in theory, but I just don't, I just don't see how you could ever replace those guys. I mean, you're just talking about phenomenal players, but, but of course, you know, as great as we thought those players, we thought Kareem was great. You know, Kareem may have been number one at the list before, you know, uh, uh, MJ came around before, you know, LeBron, et cetera, et cetera. So y- y- you, it's they're always going to be great players that play in the league. I mean, there's nobody to me other than Steph that could even, you know, I mean, you know, you could look at Luke. I mean, he's still got a lot of playing days left. There's a lot of really good young players in the league, okay? But again, for me, Steph Curry, you can't, I mean, what bad can you say about Steph Curry? That's the thing about First of all, comes from a small school in Davidson. We gotta acknowledge that. He's a North Carolina native, right? We're of course based here in Raleigh. We always like to give shots out and, and, uh, and, and, and of course respect to um, to those in this in this great state. Uh, but look, you know, you're you you're gonna ask me to put. I mean, I, no way in the world I would put Steph over MJ, LeBron, Magic, Wilt, Bill Russell, Kareem you know, Larry Bird, Kobe, you know, I, I, you could make the argument about Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Tim Duncan. I mean, you look at, first of all, Oscar Robertson and Jerry West, I think, again, who I had tied at number 10. You look at four NBA championships, those gentlemen had one apiece. Uh, as I mentioned, Jerry West never even had a league MVP, although he's the logo of the league. That accounts for something while Oscar Robertson was a triple-double machine, great player, uh, teamed up with then Lou Alcindor, as we know him now as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, along with Bobby Dandridge to win that NBA championship in Milwaukee back in 1971. So, I mean, I could make the argument, but again, those players were great players of their era. And I that's why I continue to say, you you cannot just say... And, and and yeah so we could say lebron like like you could okay so i'm i'm saying well you, you you probably are asking well how can you say steph is but not lebron well lebron is on a whole different level than steph curry is he's on a whole different level you could talk about steph curry and revolutionizing the game in the three, in, in terms of the three point shot and the jump shot and you know he's not just a jump shooter he is an a, a, a tremendous scorer um tremendous with his ball handling ability. I wouldn't call him a point guard. I mean, I know I know he's playing the position of point guard when you have to have a point guard, shooting guard, guard, small forward, power forward, center, right? But the NBA is becoming, as, as basketball as a whole, becoming much more of a posi- positionless game. So I mean, he's not really a true point guard. He plays the point guard position, okay? That said, um, that said, you know I, I think that eventually right if he gets one more championship you know let's have that let's have this conversation when he gets one more championship I may be willing to to sort of to to to, to make um, that concession if he gets another championship but I think if you look at the legacy of an Oscar Robertson you look at the legacy of Uh, of a Jerry West. Obviously you look at the legacy of a Tim Duncan, and then you look at the legacy of all of these players that I've mentioned. Okay. To me, I cannot put Steph Curry in that top 10 category as we currently sit. Let's look, let's let's look back on his greatness in 10 years and then let's, Uh, look at re-ranking this because I don't think there's going to be anybody in the next 10 years that will say okay this person will have surpassed any of the top 10 players that I had on the list by the way I think I mentioned I did have you know outside looking in KD, Shaq, Hakeem Olajuwon I also have Elgin Baylor on the list I realize. He didn't win a championship. He retired the year before the Lakers won the championship in 72. Unfortunately, he had the Achilles injury. He was already up in age. But if you look at the history of Elgin Baylor, Elgin Baylor was a phenomenal uh, player. So I have him on the outside looking in. Now, begs the oh, And by the way, I'm sorry. I I said no players now. KD could not write his legacy into that top 10 as well. Currently, as we sit, remember, I said I would put KD ahead of Steph Curry. I said that a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Now with another championship. So you've got the whole KD thing off your back. If you're Steph Curry, now it's not like, okay, KD carried this team to the championship. While, you know, Steph was a, was a a integral part of that. Obviously he he had some, some games where he wasn't great in those NBA finals where KD uh, was great. And then the next year, you look at losing a Clay Thompson, and and more specifically Kevin Durant, and uh, Golden State loses the championship or loses the finals to the Toronto Raptors. Um, has with this, has Curry surpassed Durant? Mm. That's much tougher. That's much tougher. I I I, I still can't. Mm. I still can't say that yet. I, I, not yet. Um, again, you know, I look at I look at Katie, and I think you have to also look into this. Look at this. The international play to me comes into it. Not not a whole lot, or not as much as just playing in the league. But if I look at Kevin Durant, I look at the gold medals, and I look at him putting Team USA on his back in last year's Olympic Games to carry. Okay to carry USA to the gold. I got to look at that. Got to look at the scoring championships. Got to look at the two NBA finals. We can talk about he left uh, OKC and all of that. I don't care about any of that. Uh, To me, at the end of the day, day, did you win a championship or not? And were you a hanger on or were you an integral part of winning the championship? Not only was KD an integral part of Golden State winning the championship, He may have been the reason why Golden State won the championship. And let's not forget, you can talk about the 73 wins in the 2016 season. Golden State did not complete what you need. They didn't didn't win the championship. Best regular season of all time. Didn't win the championship. Went out and got KD the next year. Won two straight championships. Might have won a third had KD not gotten injured. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins, the athletics director at North Carolina Central for joining us on the program. Save the date, especially for those living in Raleigh, Durham, the Triangle and North Carolina. Our countdown to kickoff will take place on in Raleigh on Saturday, July the 23rd. We're going to have more details on our website at boxterow.com the HBCU coaches from across the state will be there to participate in our annual countdown to kickoff. Save the date, July 23rd. And always remember to support those that support Yo Box Togo is produced by DW Communications.